Who's ever slept in a caravan? I remember sleeping in the top bunk in a caravan. And some, at some point in the middle of the night, when you're trying to sleep, you hear this little noise. Tink, 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 tink. And then all of a sudden, it's like... The rain's pouring down on the caravan roof and you're wide awake. Well, the reason I'm sharing these things is because for me, it's like the little drops of rain on the caravan roof. It's like the little drops of rain that say something's on the way, okay? And we need to rise up in faith and we need to believe that God is who he says he is. You know, God can only do what God does if we are prepared to get alongside him and get involved with him and believe in what God is saying. God can do all sorts of things on his own, but God works through the church. And God is calling the church to rise up in faith. And that's what this message is about today. And the title started off as Let Faith Arise. And it was as a result of what I felt God was saying during my time out earlier on in the week. And so I started to make my mind map of of where the sermon was going to go. And then uh, God kind of changed it around a little bit. And one of my key scriptures, um, and I'm going to come back to this, was Joshua when he goes in to take the land and when he goes in to take Jericho. And let me read this little verse. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Verse 4, Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound, when you hear them sound a long blast and the trumpets, have all the people give a shout and then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. And this was one of the verses that I wanted to touch on uh, today and I'll come back to that. But as the week progressed, I got a chance to go back and listen to uh, the message that Ray Stoke uh, delivered here on the 22nd of January. Um, And there was so much that Ray said that I was struggling to take it all in. And some of the verses that I hadn't the time when I was sitting here to look them up and, and to really think through what he was saying. But I got that chance to really meditate on what he had been saying. And as I was listening back to it, I was amazed um, at the message that was coming through. Um, And I found that the message that Ray brought is also the message for today. And today's message, in one sense, is a reflection on what God has been saying to us over the last month. You know, we really need to get our ears opened up and switched on to what God is saying. If we're going to move forward into the things which God has for us, we need to listen to what God is saying. But when we hear God's voice, we need to act on what we're hearing. We can't just be passive people who walk away and forget it. So for those who are visiting with us today, it's kind of like a summary of where we've kind of been uh, and what God is saying to us. Um, and so for some, it might not make a lot of sense, but hopefully we, we can hear uh, what God is saying. We need to take time just today to maybe pause and to digest a little bit what God has been saying. You know, I, I get accused of rushing my food down my face. I'll be sitting, I've been rushing around, and I come in and I sit down at the dinner table and I'm still rushing around. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, slow down. You've got time. And 
it's so different when we sit down to a meal and we're relaxed and we're able to just enjoy the food and savor the food. It's, it's a totally different experience. And today is about just slowing it down a bit and taking time to meditate on what God has been saying and just to allow it to get into our system. And so the reflections from Ray's message start here. He talked about the church in Smyrna and he made a mistake. Never. I don't know if anybody noticed that because what he really meant was the church in Sardis, okay, because of the verse that he quoted. Um, and he says, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. And see, when I heard that being spoken from this platform, that really concerned me. And so I had to ask Ray afterwards, do you feel that that was a word from God for the church? And I was quite relieved when he said, no, that's not where I was going with that. He says, but I do think you need to be careful that you don't go down that road, having a reputation for being alive, but there being no faith, there being no breath inside of us, the breath of God. And so he went on to say, and I'm going to quote some, some bits of things uh, just so that we kind of keep, the, keep things accurate. And Ray went on to say this, his goal is not to put you're in a position where you're constantly feeling like you need to say to him, I must have failed. I must have blown it. Um, it must be my fault. I'm not worthy. He wants to put you in a position where, where you're the people of faith, people that know him, people that trust him, people that can say, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how miserably messed up. I don't care. I will run to God because at his throne there is mercy and grace in time of need. And I think it's good for us to reflect on that and to remind ourselves that we don't always need to be living it in a place where it's woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. I'm a sinner. God doesn't want us to live in the place where we're always reflecting on our sin. He wants us to come to the place where we forgive, uh, ask for forgiveness for our sins, and we move on from that place. And Ray brought that out uh, in his message as well, I think. We re reiterated that in Psalm 32, which was read this morning. God comes and forgives us. He doesn't hold our sin against us, and it's almost like he lifts our sin off of us. That's the picture that Psalm 32 uh, paints for us. God doesn't want to, us to live in a place where we're continually beating ourselves up. But I think it's a word for the church as well, and we need to listen to it. Not to be on the back foot all the time. Not to be feeling beaten or broken. And Ray talked about the cross. You need to come to the cross and confess, but we need to move on from that. If you listen to what he said, he said, I don't want, it's not about staying at that place. And the picture that comes into my head is, is the Pilgrim's Progress story, which I heard many, many times um, as a child. Christian comes to the cross and his burden of sin falls off as he comes to the cross. And it rolls down a hill and into a big pit. And he's free. And the angels come and they clothe him and they give him a scroll and he's encouraged to go on and move on from there. It's not about staying in that place. When we've come to God and we've confessed, we need to move on in his strength. And I need to move on in my message or I'll not get through it all. Having said that, maybe it's time for some secret things to get dealt with. And I felt prompted to say this this morning. For some, maybe porn is an issue. And we need to 
release that and let that go and get ourselves right with God and that whole thing. Secret things that go on in our hearts. God can give us the strength to overcome all of these things. And perhaps the secret thing that's going on in our heart is maybe how we feel about ourselves. Maybe we feel worthless. And God says, you're not worthless. God says, you're my child. And when you come to him, he loves you as his child and gives you the power to rise up out of that low self-esteem, that low place. God doesn't want us to be above ourselves either. But there's a place of true humility where we recognize who we are as a person, who we are as a person in God. We recognize our gifts and our strengths and what's good about us, but we remember that it's all subject to him. And so what I encourage is for us to have a healthy view of ourselves. We're not down in the dirt and the dust. We're not up and above everybody else either, okay? But we find that true place. And Ray goes on to say, and this I reflected on a little bit, I want to say to you today that God wants to bring red blood cells by his spirit inside of us of faith. So he likened the blood, the action of bloods, red blood cells in our body to faith that start to reproduce inside of us that we are so committed to the promises of God and the purposes of God that it produces, reproduces life in us day after day. It carries the oxygen day after day after day within us, the very breath of life. And faith is the instrument through which God's breath is reproduced within us. It carries to our whole being through our whole body. And I want to say to you today that God is looking to raise you up as a church to bring you into a new place where you once again have a new faith. How can you once again have a new faith? There was a point in time where we had a new faith. But then that new faith needs to be added to, added to, added to, grown in our faith all the time. He says, I think you've settled and God has put you in a place of peace and it's a good place, but God's not going to leave you there. God is looking to raise you up and cause you to rise up in a new place for new purposes, for new fulfillment and for new realities. I look at all the people who are older than me. God bless you. I'm glad that you're here, he says. I feel better about myself and everybody laughed. God's not finished with you. I'm reiterating what Ray has said. God is not finished with you. As long as you have breath, God is not finished with you. There's faith that needs to be reproduced in you to go back to the promises of God. And this whole thing about blood cells, I looked up what red blood cells actually do. They actually take the oxygen from the lungs and transmit it around the body. They pass it out into the rest of the tissues and then they return to be filled with oxygen again. There's a process there. And it's like our faith. And that's why the title of this message is Let Faith Arise. We need to stir that up within us. It's not God's job to stir up faith within us. God puts faith within us. It's our job to stir it up. It's faith that takes the breath of God and makes it beneficial to the whole body, us, but also to the church. We need to consider not only our faith, but our collective faith as a church. It is the product of an individual faith. And faith needs to be stirred up in us. 
all the time, or we have a tendency to settle. Have we settled? Have some of us settled? And I think what Ray shared, and I'm going to read something else, echoed what I shared on the 8th of January. I'd come to the end of my message. I don't know if you remember this. I'd come to the end of my message. I was just about to pray. And then something happened because I said some things that I hadn't planned to say. And as I read, as I listened back to that message and read those things again, it reminded me, actually, it's what Ray had actually been saying a couple of weeks later. And this is what I said. I think what God wants to do is to stir things up in here, that he, that he begins to stir up an expectation in us, that we don't settle for second best. Does it sound familiar? We don't settle for second best, that we don't settle for the status quo. Things have always been this way. What did I share last week? Forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. What was that word? A new thing. It keeps coming through. And not just from me. God wants to do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Maybe it sounds like raindrops on a caravan roof. God wants to begin to stir things up in here, folks. He wants to stir up faith within our hearts. He wants to stir up hope within our hearts and an expectation that our God is above every circumstance and above every situation and that his name carries power and his name carries authority and that we need to realize this, folks. We need to realize, we need to let this truth, this revelation sink into our hearts so that it affects every aspect of our lives, every dimension of life, whether it's individually in our families or as a church. God wants to stir these things up in us. What does the Bible say? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And I encourage you to stand in faith. Stand in the light and the revelation that you have. I go on to say, I'll skip a wee bit. It's time for us to rise in faith as a church. It's time for us to realize this new day, to apprehend it, to grasp it, and to take hold of it to take hold of the opportunities that God will give you today and tomorrow when it comes and on Tuesday when it comes, to take hold of all that God wants to do in you. To realize is to give actual or physical form to. It's not an idea. It's not something that floats around in the ether. To realize something is to actually step into it and to begin to do it. To apprehend is to understand and perceive, to grasp this new day, to seize hold firmly. So the question was, have we settled as a church? Perhaps to some degree, yes. And we may vary on our interpretation of how much. But let me say this, and let me reflect on another message. If we take the we're doomed approach then we may as well throw in the towel. If you're always seeing what's wrong with people, if you're always seeing what's wrong with the church, then your viewpoint is imbalanced. We need to be real, but we need to look with the eyes of faith. Let me remind us all that Jesus saw what the disciples would become. He came and he found them mending nets, collecting taxes. But Jesus, not taxes, but tax is, okay? <laughs> Just to clarify, I don't think they had, maybe they had kind of like horses and chariots and wee yellow flags that went up and stuff like that. But Jesus saw what the disciples would become. Peter, 
the man who denied Jesus three times, he stood up in front of 3,000 people and began to explain what God had been doing. And the Bible tells us, there might have been more than 3,000, but it tells us that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 3,000! This is the man who was too scared to even admit that he knew Jesus. And here he is filled with the Spirit, declaring the wonders of God. Jesus saw what the disciples would become. And faith is seeing what God is seeing. And I want to tell you a little, about, a little bit about what I feel God is showing us. It's a word that was shared with me in private after a church service last year in August. And I feel it's time to share part of that word just now. And it was off the back of a message on uh, John chapter 10, verse 10. And I'd been making these points. Your enemy wants what is rightfully yours. Your joy, your peace, your love, your relationships. Your enemy wants you dead spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even physically. And your enemy wants you fully destroyed. But you have the opportunity to overcome. Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's talking about the devil here. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you don't believe that... Watch the news this afternoon or this evening and it will be filled with situations where the devil has come to steal and to kill and destroy. But what does Jesus say? I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. Eternal life that starts here and now. And this is the picture that was shared with me after that message. The picture was of new grass seeding, a new season. And some areas are sparse. The new grass of this new season will take root. The soil has been prepared over many years. And that is the crucial factor. Refined soil for new grass to grow. And that was on the Sunday. And I thought, Lord, you're speaking. The person who shared it, totally reliable. And on the Tuesday of that week, I came down and I was sitting in the church car park. A lovely sunny day and I was about to go into the office and I couldn't go into the office. I thought, I'm not going into the office today. I don't know what it was, but I, was like, I can't go into the office today. God, is, he's got something else in mind today. And I probably sat there for about five minutes. Will I, will I know, will I, will I know? Kind of stuff going on in my head. I was like, no, no, I can't go into the office. I need to get out. And I found myself out in the car on a drive and driving up through Calendar, love driving up that road, stopping at Greg's to buy my lunch, as you do. <laughs> then driving on through Strathaya, and uh, then down the south side of Loch Ern, just with that wee church as you turn to the right there. And uh, just enjoying being out with God, praying, music on in the car, singing, just enjoying God's presence. And I stopped at the west entrance to Denaira Estate, where friends of ours have just last year sold their cottage there. And I, walk, I went for a walk up on the estate and all these tracks that are familiar to me. I can see them all in my head. And I couldn't believe it when I passed the estate buildings, came up round past the trees, over a rise to a bit where it opens out. And on my left... Where the track comes, the track goes all the way around and up and takes you up the hill. And in this patch of ground, which had been rough ground, it had been ploughed. And those big massive stones had been taken out of the ground and sat at the side. 
It had been ploughed and then it had been seeded. And the grass seed was starting to sprout and the grass was coming up. You can't see what's going on underneath the surface all the time. But the picture was of grass seed and I took pictures of it. And I want to show you some of these pictures. This is the close-up of the grass coming up. What did that word say? A new season. Some areas are sparse. Yeah, it looks quite sparse, doesn't it? Yeah? But then, as you come out a little bit further, well, it still looks kind of sparse, but we're maybe starting to get the bigger picture now. I did this picture here. Have you ever noticed this when you seed something? It's like, you can almost, if you squint your eyes, see the green as the grass starts to come up. Well, this is what I saw as I took a further step back and looked at the whole picture. And uh, you can see kind of the bottom of the trees, that's where it was coming up. This is me now at the top of this road as it goes up the hill. And I knew that God was speaking. He was confirming to me what, he had, what this person had shared on the Sunday. 100% confirmed. And I was so encouraged. As a leader, I need to take all these different perspectives. I need to get down close into situations and circumstances and see where things need to be encouraged and, and something needs to be fed. But God sees the big picture. God sees what's going to be. We don't see it yet, but he sees it. And my encouragement is that we are able to dip in and out of looking close up at things ourselves, maybe even, and come out and look at the bigger picture and say, well, what is God doing? Because if we live in this place, if we live in the sparse place, if we live in the going to beat myself up place all the time, then we're never going to achieve what God wants us to achieve. We need to come out of that place and begin to see the big picture of what God sees for this fellowship, for you and for I. And leaders of every department and every work and every outreach in the church, we need to rise up. It's time to stir up our faith. It's time to stir up prayer. And it's time to stir ourselves up in the purposes that God has for this fellowship. It's happening, but God wants to do immeasurably more. I'm doing okay for time, I think. Ray went on to say these things. Maybe you need to look at yourself the way God looks at you. Not just sons and daughters, but those who will help him accomplish his purpose on the earth. Think about that. Accomplishing God's purposes on the earth. And he's involving us. He's saying, come in. I want you to be part of what I'm doing. I want you to be part of seeing this wonderful thing happen. He's saying, come in. We need to get up again and find the breath of God again and get back into the race of God again and get back into the purposes of God to let God use what you have been, uh, been through for his purposes. And I want you to know that God is wanting to transform you as a church and to take you out of your comfort zone and make you an army. There are enemies that, true, that try to rule on this earth and rule in your home and rule in your workplace. And God wants to raise you up to defeat the enemy and break his power so that people, other people can go free. He has a place for you to serve him, a place for you to accomplish something in God, not to camp at the oasis. Remember he said that? Who wants to camp at the oasis? What a boring life, Ray said. I'm inclined to agree. 
I need a, a wee rest and a wee holiday from time to time. But God doesn't call us to camp at the oasis. We need to be refreshed. We need to take rest. We're not very good at taking rest. In fact, I heard something on the radio. They were talking about Trumpton. Who remembers Trumpton? Yeah. Just to digress slightly, this isn't in my notes. But can you remember what happened? At the end of the day, there was the five o'clock whistle and everybody came out and they left work behind and they went in and they had their wee dance thing that they did. I can't remember the tune, but it's floating around there. It's almost coming. And what the person was saying on the radio was that these days we take our work home with us. Emails, internet, text messages, and we never switch off. God wants us to rest. Believe me, he wants us to rest. He is the one who ordained rest for us. He is the one that began the Sabbath principle. But he doesn't want us to camp at that place. Not to stay at that place, but to work from a place of rest. And to come at his purposes from a place of rest and refreshing and hearing from him. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We come to the quiet place to be renewed, to have our strength built up so that when we go into the battle, we're ready. When we face circumstances and life's situations, we're ready. God wants to take you forward. I'm going back to Ray's words here. To take you forward and do something inside of you and cause you to breathe the breath of life all over again. To accomplish his purposes in the earth. And this is the bit that stuck with me. It struck me forcibly. Blow the trumpet. Let's get the army up. I believe God wants to sound the trumpet in your midst. So you got a American accent. you got to get up again. I didn't know you were fasting for a week. In it, I say, God give us, in it, say, God give us the victory over our enemies. And this whole thing about the army rising up, and this is what I'm going to finish with. And I come back to the scripture that I started with. And the scripture is one of Joshua leading the armies of Israel to capture Jericho. Picture it. The children of Israel have crossed the Jordan River and they're about to begin their mission. Jericho is their first adventure. God has spoken and they know what to do. The armed guard march out in front as they circle Jericho. Behind the armed guard are the priests blowing the trumpets. And behind the priests is the Ark of the Covenant, which is a symbol of the presence of God. Then the rear guard behind the Ark, and then the people. The King James, New King James refers to them as the men of war. And what was significant in this picture for me was the place of the trumpets of ram's horns. You need to stick with me here, okay? I'm coming to a point, and it's an important point, and you need to just stick with me for a few seconds longer. Is that okay? Yeah? The priests were to sound the trumpets as they marked, marched around Jericho. Verse 4, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And the trumpet is often the sound for an army to come together. And as I was thinking about this story, as I was meditating on it, I felt that God was speaking to me and I'll come to that in a minute. I was just like, what are you trying to say? What, what's the message for the church in this? And then one commentary suggests this. An alternative translation to trumpets of ram's horns is jubilee trumpets, which would be made of horn 
or silver. The Israelites are about to walk into their inheritance, and it's a time of expectation. It was a time of jubilee, if you like, for them. A time of walking into their freedom and their future. And God is about to do an incredible thing. And this is what the commentary said. Instead of the dreadful trumpet of war, they were ordered to sound the trumpet of joy as already conquerors. See, when I read that, my whole insides jumped up. And I felt that it was exactly what God was saying to us as a church. On the cusp of taking new ground, we're to sound the trumpet of joy. We sound the trumpet of joy in our praise. We're going to hear that saxophone in just a wee minute. There's something that God is saying to us about the way that we worship him, and he's asking us to step up into a new level of our worship to him. And it's my conviction that God wants to do something in us as we praise him, as we sound the trumpet of joy. And for some of us, our joy has been stolen. We need to take it back in prayer and get our joy back. And this is what I feel God is saying. He said to us to elevate in our worship, in our praise of him. And I believe that God wants to bring some of the breakthroughs that we need as we rise in praise and worship and prayer. I believe God can come and heal us as we worship. God will come and minister to us as we are ministering to him. And it's like I've had a revelation of uh, what God wants our worship to be like. I believe God wants us to pour out our hearts before him, to lay it all out before him, to fully, be fully surrendered to him in our praise, to be vulnerable, to be open before him, to welcome him, to usher in his kingdom, to welcome his will to be done in the midst of our praise. Reading my words because I didn't want to mess that up. That's what I feel God is saying to us. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence. Where the Ark went, the presence of God was. Psalm 22, verse 3, tells us this, that God inhabits the praises of his people. We need the presence of God in our society like never before. God inhabits the praises of his people. And there's something about this, there's something about sounding praise to the heavens that God wants to work in and through were to welcome his presence and praise. Not just songs that we sing, not just music or singing. It's a declaration of his worth. It's a declaration of his greatness. It's a declaration of his majesty. And God is calling out the army, an army of worshippers. It's an army that knows how to use the spiritual armor, but it's also an army that knows how to praise our mighty God. What does the Bible say? The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. God is asking us to pick up praise and to use praise to worship him, but to accomplish something greater through it. And just as I finish this off, Psalm 68, verses 1 to 4. And it just was almost like the seal to, to what... It was like putting the lid back on the message, if you like. I know we talked about getting the lid off earlier, but this is, this is what kind of... part of what binds it all together, I think. It says, let God arise. 
Let God arise. As faith arises, we allow God to arise in our lives. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before a fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Verse 3, but let the righteous be glad. When I read that, let the righteous be glad, it's about joy. Let the righteous allow that joy to come from within them and to come out. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Not just when we come together, though that's important, but when we're in our own time, in our own place, in our own space, is that song of worship coming out of us? What song is our life producing? Sing to God, verse 4. Praise, sing praise to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. I think that's what God is saying to us. To rise up, to allow faith to rise up within us. And as faith rises within us, there is that expression of praise, there is that expression of worship that comes out of us. Because when we are stirring ourselves up, that faith is rising and things start to come out of us. And we go, where did that come from? And that's my encouragement, is that we allow faith to rise within us. I don't know if you're ready to do that. I'm looking at some faces today and wondering, are you ready to do that? Are you ready to allow faith to arise in you for your circumstances, for your situation? For us as a fellowship, are you prepared to allow faith to rise and to let God achieve his purposes? As I say, I think one of the ways that God wants to do that is through our praises. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing our praises. I'm going to invite the musicians to come back up. I'm just going to pray. Um, up you come, musicians. Um, just pray a prayer to, to kind of seal this. You know, folks, we need to respond to what God is saying today. We can't just let these words fall on empty space. We need to respond to what God is saying today. And my encouragement is for you to think about how you respond to what God is saying today. I think maybe what we're going to do as we, as we sing this song, we're going to sing, um, and it is our praise and worship to God. We are going to take up tithes and offerings, and that's part of our worship to God. But my encouragement is that today your response is an inner response that you allow that faith to rise within you, even as we worship and as we praise, that you allow faith to rise within you this morning. But it's not just a song that we sing, but it's actually something that's true and coming out of the very depths of the being. So let's let's stand and we're going to worship our incredible God.